Welcome to Beyond the Arcade, everyone. And in this episode, Professor Nicolas de Martin explains why talking to others and having someone to look up to can make hard situations easier. He talks about the genuine pride he feels when younger surgeons learn new skills from him and also find out how having a good laugh can really help when things get tough. Tune in as we talk about how laughter, being focused and getting better at your job all connect. Beyond IRCAD Surgical Journey Here we go again, guys. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Beyond the Arcade, the podcast where we dive deep into the lives and careers of successful surgeons from all over the world. With a very prestigious guest with us in the studio today, Professor Nicolas de Martin. Welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you. Um, Professor de Martin, you're the director of the Vaudois University Hospital, uh, which is affiliated with the Lausanne University. Uh, it's one of the largest uh, university hospitals in Europe, and you're also very much involved with passing on to the next generation of surgeons. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about your love story with surgery. Uh, can I start by asking you how, how it all started for you? Uh, when did you become interested in surgery? Well, initially as a student, I wanted to become veterinary. Okay. And uh, but relatively quickly, I mean, when uh, before I was a student, when I was a child, I wanted to become uh, veterinary, and re re relatively fast, I, I realized that uh, it was medicine who was interesting me more. Of course, I love uh, animals, but I love also people, and uh, so I pretty quickly decided it will be surgery. Okay. Surgery? Why? Because I had the feeling that uh, we can directly help uh, the people. And the interesting in that is that uh, I believed at the beginning of my career in general surgery, where you do everything, where you have a totipotent surgeon doing from head to feet and everything which is in between. And my entire career, I realized uh, it was a change. And today I'm a very big defender of the multidisciplinarity and the specialization yes. and the time where you have one single surgeon for example or one single doctor who has the truth and can cure a patient especially cancer patient it's over today it's a multidisciplinary work with various possibility therapeutic possibility diagnostic possibility the one does not exclude the other yeah. and today cancer became a chronic disease because you can cure the patient but after a few years you have eventually some uh, uh, recurrences and then you can treat them again and we have today very very long survival with very very good quality of life and so as, as an experience surgeon how do you feel in the operating room is it is it more of a, a relaxed and in control feeling or is it do you, do you feel pressure how, how do you feel actually I feel pretty cool in the operating room because I have a good team around me yes and of course when you do something very special or very complex uh, you have some tension in you but the tension is not during the six-hour operation always the same it's maybe more at the beginning 
and then uh, you have an evolution uh, you are under control you have a good team around you so you can become uh, more relaxed and actually i must say uh, the 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 feeling the the atmosphere in the operating room is pretty cool and do you have a specific um, set of rules or specific things like almost uh, rituals that you follow before before an operation to, to feel completely ready? I think the operation is like a flight. You need to plan it before. Yeah. And uh, for my specialty, which is liver and pancreas, you have to study very carefully the imaging you have before. And then in your mind, you should have a, a strategy and you should also always have a plan B. And so when you have that, you can, uh, depending on the situation you will find, you say, okay, I find this situation, we go in this direction. But you have to know it before. Mm. Sometimes you need to make some improvisation, but uh, usually it's better to have a, a clear view on what are the options. Yeah. And uh, to take the, the, the quote, to quote uh, Eugene Kranz, who was the flight director of Apollo 13, who had the accident, he said, failure is not an option. Yes. And in surgery, failure is not an option. So what happens when you when you have difficult cases uh, and you you get kind of get stuck? Do you always find some way to to work things out? Sometimes, if you are stuck, as you said, I think it's always good to discuss. Yeah. Number one, you discuss with the team. Number two, I usually discuss with a very good friend of mine who is the radiologist. And sometimes he come in the operating room and we look together uh, inside the operating field with ultrasound. We make correlation with the MRI imaging. And then uh, we decide. So I have to take the responsibility. But the fact to have an exchange is good. Yes. And and when I became the chief years ago, I used to say to my uh, senior surgeon, if you have a very big difficulty, call someone. It does not need to be me, but call the friend. Yeah. You, you have, you have, that's a good uh, advice that you can give. Call a friend. And I had this morning a conversation with one of the best uh, HPB surgeons in Europe. And he had a very difficult case recently, and he called two friends, one here in the IRCAD and the other one in another country to, to exchange about what are the way to, to move forward. And I think it's very, very uh, safe for the patient to have the humility to say, okay, maybe I can need an advice because you are emotionally uh, involved. Mm -hmm. And suddenly to have uh, to have somebody else who say, hey, guy, come on, this is not so dramatic as you thought or give you advice. It's an exchange. Yeah. It's not somebody telling do that. It's really an exchange. And of at course. the end, of course, it's like, uh, again, in a flight, the captain take the responsibility and the surgeon has to take the responsibility during the procedure. So is it important to be able to put your ego aside? Oh, yes. Yeah. We say that the surgeon have huge ego. I will not say the opposite, but uh, actually, if you make complex surgery, that's a, a school of humility. Yeah, yeah. And does do you think instinct also plays a role as, as experience builds up over the years? That's an interesting question. The instinct, uh, for me, does not exist. Okay. It, it is experience. Okay. It is experience. You make analogy with other situation and uh, another, uh, another good world who was said by a famous surgeon he say oh if you are stuck stop and think mm -hmm. and then you can move forward you always have the possibility to to make a, a small break 
say, well, we will, we will interrupt now and we will think about it. So you can put sponge inside, you say, I have to look at the picture again, so the imaging, or you rinse, or you make an ultrasound, or you make something, but yeah, to cool down a hot situation. But I must say, these cases where you have to cool down a hot situation, it's maybe 5 to 10% of the cases, because usually we should have uh, really uh, knowledge and what we will be in front of. Okay. And aside from all the technical aspects of surgery, another important aspect is the human uh, aspect. Uh, because the patient doesn't necessarily understand the, the, what's going on, what's going to happen. How do you manage to build that trust with the patient? Well, that human relationship, that's what you mentioned. Number one, you have to listen to the patient. You have to feel his, his fear because the patients are afraid. You see all the day patient with a big cancer and they, they, for them that's a single situation. So you have, uh, you have to take that into consideration. And in case you have a patient who seems a little bit aggressive, it's not against you, don't, don't take that personal. Even if the anger is against you, mm. it's against his disease. Of course. And if you understand that, then you can with uh, benevolence, uh, with uh, listening, uh, with uh, trying to demonstrate a little bit uh, uh, how are the possibilities to give hope yes. without lying, mm -hmm. but to be, give hope and then we can build a relationship. And you must say, in some situations it's rare, but if you have the feeling you cannot build a trust relationship, you should really ask yourself if you have to operate on this patient. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, another aspect of your career as a surgeon is uh, teaching and passing on to the new generation. You're uh, the director uh, at the uh, Vaudois uh, University Hospital, uh, which is affiliated with the University of Lausanne, where you also teach. And you've been, uh, you've been teaching here at IRCAD for a very long time now. Um, I'd like to know how you first became involved in teaching and um, how you first established a connection with Professor Maresco here at IRCAD. How did that happen? Oh, the, we established with Professor Maresco a, a relationship 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, it was with one of the first projects, which was the Thesis project, which was the idea to have a, a telemedicine to teaching, to make teaching and to make diagnosis or help to the diagnosis at a distance. Okay. It was very complicated by them. Today you make a FaceTime, you make a Zoom or whatever with your iPhone. Yeah. But back then we had huge screen, we had huge devices and a lot of cable and it was very exciting. And then when the IRCAD started with the course, I was relatively quickly in, invited to, to teach. And uh, one day, they, I was a younger surgeon back then, and uh, one day there were a chair missing. And then Professor Maresco asked me to be the chair of the session. And then he realized, number one, I like to do that. And number two, I have the generosity not to put myself uh, in the front, even if I'm in the front when I'm chairing a session, but to put the value of, on the people who are speaking or on the people who are listening. And I really love to do that. And that's exactly the same in the operating room. Because when you are good at making an operation, what is the next best step you can do? It's to give this knowledge to a younger surgeon. Of course. And my pleasure as a surgeon at a certain point is to see that the younger surgeon are doing the operation 
almost better as me or better as me and uh, it's not an issue for me I, 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 actually I'm proud of it because I, I help them to grow up but at a certain point you can back up it's not always possible sometimes you have to jump in you sometimes your experience what you called before instinct mm -hmm. has to say well maybe this step I will do it myself I show you how to do or for example uh, when a younger surgeon who are making a kind of special move in an operation and he did not well I say just a second I took the instrument I show how to do the move but then I go back and I say okay now you do it mm, and then okay. when when I see he understood what I show him that's a great pleasure yeah it must be do you sometimes see young surgeons and think wow this this one is gifted you know he's yes yes yeah. you observe that and uh, well those people need to be supported but sometimes uh, you have to be cautious that they do not become cowboys of course and because i think it's something very dangerous in surgery people who are too self-confident bring to accident of course, so yeah. i think we have we have to 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 Caution. cool them down yeah i remember from what such a surgeon uh, he did not listening what i was telling him by assisting in the operation and suddenly it started to bleed yeah. by good fortune i saw exactly what was the problem mm -hmm. so i stepped back and i said just nothing then he became nervous what should i do what should i do i say yep I don't know because uh, I was explaining you since half an hour what you should do. You did not listen. Now uh, uh, find a solution. No, 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 no. I cannot. So I took over. I, I fixed the problem very shortly. The, the, the blood loss was not so big. Uh, so it was a small blood loss. But a small blood loss during a laparoscopic operation is immediately a problem. Yeah. So I fixed the problem and uh, I gave him the, the, the instrument back and he finished the operation. But this guy is a smart guy. Mm -hmm. So he came to me, say thank you. You give me a good lesson. You'll probably remember this. You will remember it. As, as I remember, because it's happened one or two times in my entire career. And I didn't want it to be nasty, but the guy deserves a small lesson of humility. Of course, yeah. But he got the point because he became a very good surgeon. Now he's chief in a big hospital and we still are good friends. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and do you, um, in this atmosphere of exchanging with other experts, um, do you still keep learning as well? Oh yes, every day. Uh, every single moment in this uh, meeting we are making exchanges and my role as a di course director now or chair of session uh, is to uh, make the synthesis of what has been said because when we are doing very, uh, very uh, challenging or high level surgery, you may have various experts with various uh, opinion, various strategies, and what is important for the audience, for the, the students, to have a synthesis between what has been done or just to emphasize that the situation becomes so particular that it is very individual based on individual cases and we cannot say it's always that way or it's always so. No. We, have to, we have to find a, a way to, to wake the awareness of the students so there are surgeons of the younger surgeon uh, to to adapt the strategy based on each case so you have to customize to customize that's yes. a good word and with the new technologies as well i mean everything is just uh, progressing so fast these days you have to stay up to date haven't you Correct. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the new technology is a support. Uh, I remember years ago, there was uh, big news in the newspaper, uh, even at the television. The robot killed a patient. 
No, I'm sorry, that's the surgeon. It was an accident during the operation, and today the robot is still run by a surgeon. Yeah. The surgeon makes the mistake, not the robot. So what do you think of that when people try to blame technology? Is it Because it happens sometimes, you know, yes. people do that. The, the point is uh, blaming technology is stupid, uh, because uh, or is a misinformation uh, or not enough information. The technology is mastered by the surgeon, yes. like the airplane is mastered by the, the captain of a flight. That's, that's one, uh, another similarity. And we have to, to, to deal with this technology. And for doing that, you need to know this technology. And that's exactly what the IRCAD is good at, is to bring uh, knowledge about the various technology, because all the specialists are here around at the IRCAD. You've traveled a lot uh, for, your, for your profession. I think you've worked in, uh, in the UK and the US as well, in uh, France and Switzerland, obviously. Uh, do you think this um, this international experience has also helped you acquire skills and it, that it's important to see what's going on elsewhere? So it's very important to see what is go done elsewhere. But before doing that, you should already know what you are doing home because you are some people very young who are going to traveling. That's very interesting. But they have no idea what's done home. Yes. So it makes some difficulties, and uh, it's good if you know what you are doing home, and then you go somewhere else to to learn something new mm -hmm. and to exchange. And uh, you mentioned before uh, that uh, if I'm learning here, despite my high age at the IRCAD, I'm learning every day because we bring tricks. And I remember when I came X years ago, I brought every time a new tricks home. Uh, an improvement. Yeah. Uh, it was shown here and uh, I've seen that the other experts are doing the same. So it's an exchange in good way to, to, to deal with the, to the benefit of the patient. Mm -hmm. Because we are speaking a lot of technology, we are speaking of teaching, but finally, the final goal is to help the patients. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And does this atmosphere of exchange also help to create friendships, for example? Oh, yes. Yeah. And you know what? This friendship that you, you can achieve in uh, traveling, uh, like here, I have really a lot, a lot of good friends. Uh, uh, it is good because the younger doctor working in your department, they have a benefit. I, I had uh, last year three of my uh, fellow who were abroad, one in the US, one in the UK, the other one in France. And uh, it's easier because we know each other. I have a good guy. Uh, yeah. I think it's good if he came. Okay, they have to go through the official part, but it's help if uh, we can exchange. The guy knows they can trust me. I will not send them a guy I don't want to invest in. Mm. And uh, so uh, that's a very good op opportunity to, for the younger surgeon to, to see something else. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about what goes on outside of the operating room as well. Is surgery always on your mind or do you manage to actually switch off completely sometimes? Well, uh, sometimes, yes, yeah. sometimes, no, depending. If I had a big case who concerned me, I'm thinking a lot. I can give you an example. I had, I had an amazing patient. She was pretty young with a pretty advanced pancreatic cancer. And she asked me to know every possible complication after the duodenopancreatectomy operation. All. She stayed one and a half hour in my, my, my clinics. We had a big conversation. We established uh, uh, trust. The problem, she did all of these complications. It was terrible. She stayed three months in my department. Wow. And I visited her every day, inclusive Saturday and Sunday. 
so I was a little bit concerned about her because she was doing a complication then we fixed that and she did another one and we fixed that and so forth mm. but at the end she has moved home and the good news is six years later she's still alive and without uh, without disease That's great. evident disease so uh, it means that uh, effective sometimes you can be very concerned about some patient obviously yeah. being confronted with uh, you know sickness life and death do you think this has affected your outlook on life in general that life can be very fragile life is very fragile and uh, life is short we have it we are at a good place to know that and uh, of course you need empathy you need to 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 like the people uh, you are helping uh, you need to like communication with the patient, with the family. And uh, uh, yes, I think it's very important to have uh, this uh, empathy. And uh, it's give you uh, maybe sometime uh, you enjoy more some good moments with good friends like here at the Aircat, for example. Yes. And so what do you, um, when you want to move on and think about something else, um, how do you manage to maintain that balance between work on one hand and life on the other hand? Okay, if, if there are no special cases we occupy in my mind, uh, I can switch off. Yeah. And uh, literature, opera, traveling, uh, making sport, you need to make a little sport to stay fit, yes. uh, good, good wine, good food, uh, yeah. uh, the, this, this is okay. Many things and in life. Many right? things in life. But I, I used to say something, it is absolutely boring when you have French surgeons who speak only about surgery. They are terrible. <laughs> and usually, usually they, they, they are discussing uh, about stuff very important surgery surgery and to show how they good are actually what I like with my surgeon friend is to speak from everything but surgery mm -hmm. and if I speak from surgery usually is to uh, say the complication or the problem I had and we exchange on that and I learn also for their own experience but with my good friend surgeon we speak from a lot of other stuff than surgery it's probably I mean it's probably a good thing to, to speak about other things as well in order to be even more efficient in the operating room as well you are right yeah. and then uh, there is something else if you have uh, if you have a complex case uh, and you had some difficulties and you are concerned about this case it is good to have a referent person you can speak about it don't need to be a surgeon it can be your wife uh, it can be a good friend in the in the house yeah. and i think it's very important to have this uh, exchange so i have several very good friends uh, which are not surgeon mm -hmm. and when there was some issue uh, i could discuss that with them so it's a good help to have a, a relationship and to 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 put your your big bag uh, with sorrow uh, uh, with them yeah do you think that over the years this um, you know because it can be emotionally difficult as you were saying when you have difficult cases uh, experience allows you over the years to deal with that uh, in a better way was it a bit more complicated in, in your earlier years as a surgeon is that something that you acquired I could say the opposite oh, yeah? actually in the younger year you do not always realize what is uh, what is at stake right and uh, with the year you become uh, more uh, empathic maybe yeah. not everybody but uh, you still keep the emotion all the time okay and I think it's good because you we are human being you have to control your emotion but the moment you don't have any emotion you should stop to do this job do you think that some surgeons are doing this job for the wrong reasons success Unf uh, unfortunately yes but i would say uh, less and less 
it's, it's true that uh, I was very surprised long time ago I was working with a guy he had no clue when he had a complication he didn't care he had a complication without emotion he, he forget that a patient was suffering because of a surgical complication he did not care that's scary and it's not it's not because uh, he was hiding he was really not taking care of that and uh, when i have complication i'm sick mm. i hate that mm. and that's the moment where you need to speak to a friend yeah. Uh, ideally, if you have to, to, to find solution for the complication with the, uh, another surgeon or radiologist. I remember me um, years ago, I had a patient after a Whipple operation. He started to bleed and he had X examination. We never found out where he was bleeding. And then uh, I said, it's very strange, a uh, young guy, he was 52. And then I called a good friend in France, which was uh, back then one of the most experienced surgeons uh, in pancreatic surgery. And I explained him the situation. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, years ago I had a similar situation. So he gave me the name of a medication that he gave to his patient successfully. I did the same and the patient stopped bleeding. Wow, okay. So but just what I wanted to say, to discuss that with a friend, well, by this this case, we found the solution, which is good. So very important to, to reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out if you feel stuck, if yes. you have a problem. Yes. Um, what would you say is the most difficult thing about being a surgeon? To keep your humil humility. Yeah. Because uh, I, see, I see very good here with the expert that you have some expert who have a way, even if they are amazing good, but they still keep this humility, this way to listen to the other. To be interested on the other, to give their own experience, but in exchange with the other. And we have other people, uh, not necessarily at IRCAD, but uh, who are more, oh, I do so, I am so, and I am good. And this, this is a little a problem. And I think it's very important that we have this humility. And something also which is very important, maybe from, for me sometimes too much, is humor. Yeah. You should have humor and in sad situation, you should be able to, to laugh. It's not always possible, but uh, I think difficult. the humor can be, can be useful. Laughing in the face also of Also with patient, you know. Yeah. Uh, you cannot say that to every patient, but sometimes if you have some patient, you had a good relationship and they start to discuss about the possibility of death. Mm. Of course, you have to take them seriously. But I, I always had, uh, not always, I very, very frequently had a good success when I tell them, you know, I don't want you to die about the after the operation. It's very bad for my statistics. <laughs> and then they started to laugh. Yeah. Because they, you, so I say that with love and yeah. they understand that. But you, you cannot say that to everybody. But of course, yeah. you would be surprised more patient than expected have suddenly this humor and they are tense and to, to have a crap from the surgeon. <sighs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, I remember once an older lady, we had some difficulties. We were two to making a, a procedure in, I was very young, uh, in, in local anesthesia. And it was not so easy. I do not remember why. And <laughs> suddenly the old lady said, well, doctor, uh, uh, have you already done this operation? Because it seems uh, it's not moving very forward. And my colleague was absolutely upset and wanted, wanted to say, mais madame, and said, no, madame, I'm sorry. It's that the first time I'm doing the operation, but a good friend of mine has the book where it is explained how to do that. And she started to laugh like an idiot and the operation was done. And I go to her and we had a good conversation. It was fun. But you cannot always say that. Not with all patients. <laughs> Not with I think all it's, the, it's a great mentality, you know, because to, to laugh in the face of danger. Yeah. The glass is half full, not half empty. Yeah, and nobody asks uh, who, uh, who filled uh, the glass only by half. Huh? Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Can I ask you, um, 
who are who are your mentors as a surgeon or just as a man who, mm-hmm. who are the people that inspire you well uh i when i started my career i it is different in switzerland than in in france or in the, the us uh, in france and us when you start your career as a surgeon you start as a surgeon in switzerland i started to work two years in a intensive care unit and the chief of this intensive care unit was a kind of mentor for me. He was yeah. really a very good person. And we see he's over 80, of course, now. And we still have very good relationship. Then my next mentor was uh, the chief surgeon at the University Hospital of Basel, Professor Felix Arder. He's uh, now 85 years. We are very good friends. Uh, we still have a lot of contact, but unfriendly. And he's somebody who could laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, could, uh, we could say crap, and it was OK. He was a little bit tense by operating because uh, he was uh, on, on time always but uh, he was a very good surgeon and uh, so he, he was a mentor and then I have another mentor I'm not saying that because uh, I'm here at IRCAD but Jacques Maresco was a kind of mentor naturally of course he became now a very close friend and we exchanged by uh, our iPhone at least uh, one every second day yeah. uh, we, we exchanged crap or stuff question and just it's very funny and very good but he was a very good mentor not surgeon because we had not, uh, he was an endocrine surgeon and then I'm an HPB, so we had few few surgical stuff in common. But the philosophy of teaching, the philosophy of research and the philosophy of supporting the young people. And uh, I remember a very nice story about Professor Maresco. We were with uh, Didier Mutter, who is his number two here at the IRCAD, and we wrote a paper. We wanted to send it to Annals of Surgery. Mm-hmm. And Professor Maresco said, no way, it will not be accepted. And my chief said exactly the same. I was in Basel then. And then the paper was uh, accepted, okay. uh, provided we make uh, some changes. And then there was nothing. The paper was accepted in Annals of Surgery without changes. Really? Well, it was the standard letter. So I said that to my chief. Ah, oh, very good. And then he was speaking from something else. And uh, Didier Mutter said that to Professor Maresco, who sent me a note by hand. He said, uh, you wanted to send that to Annals. I didn't believe it. Uh, you were right. I was wrong. I'm very happy for you. That's great. Great mentality. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is why you appreciate humility? These, these yes. mentors of yours exactly. were that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for this, for this yeah, way of saying uh, he loves you, uh, it, it is a great mentor because it's not easy to do that. And uh, some, some people do not understand that if you help a younger guy, you support him, you, 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 you have an open relationship, you are you are even greater than if you have him as a concurrent, yeah. which is ridiculous. And uh, I observe exactly the same in my department. I give the example of the radiology. We have a very tough interventional radiology. And in a lot of departments, interventional radiology and surgeon, especially HPB surgeon, they are concurrent. Mm-hmm. No, we are working together. Yeah. Like Professor Jimenez here with the HPB team, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. And uh, that's a way that... But then both grow up. And the people who are uh, became chief and want only weak people around them, it's ridiculous because everything is, is lowered. If you take strong personality around you, it's not easy every day. But everybody, everybody go up. Yeah. Everybody go up. Yeah, there's a synergy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a synergy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the best single piece of advice you would give to our young listeners today? 
Well, uh, single piece, it's difficult, but uh, be prepared. The best, uh, the best uh, treatment of uh, complication is prevention. Uh, listen to the other. Of course, if somebody is always speaking, do you understand what is that? Why you're doing? It's become boring. But if somebody say, well, but uh, is it not an important vessel that you should not cut? You are less ridiculous if you try to demonstrate that what you are cutting is not the special vessel you should preserve, than to have to call help to repair the vessel. So. I, have, I had this habit that when somebody told me something, hey, have you looked at this on the CT scan? Instead of saying it's crap, you start again your thinking and I say, uh, no, it's nothing. Oh, wow, wow, maybe we should investigate. So good advice, listen to the others. Yeah. Of course, you always have uh, nasty people, but uh, in medicine, we are taking care of patients. And uh, I hope that some people tell you, be cautious about that, we should listen to them. Yeah. My final question here today, if you could be in this room with the young Nicolas de Martin, uh, just uh, starting out in medical school, what would you tell him? Oh, go ahead and move and do surgery. But uh, it will be a change. When I was the younger uh, de Martin long time ago, I wanted to make general surgery, everything. And I did it. I was very fortunate to work in a hospital where it was still possible in the uh, 80s, end of the 80s. But I would say him, you choose a specialty develop your specialty and uh, work in collaboration with other people. Today, medicine is not the fact of a lonely doctor who know, but it's more, more uh, a multidisciplinary work. So trust the other, exchange with the other, and be curious and open. The most stupid word in, in medicine is, huh, we have always done that way. Yeah, and so what? Maybe it's a wrong way. I mean, uh, to, maybe there's to, a better way. To to read with candle, it's very very exciting. But actually, if you want to read a book, it's maybe to have uh, better to have electricity. Of so course, the same philosophy in surgery. It's great advice. Professor Nicolas de Martin, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your your story and your experience. Um, we wish you all the best for your future projects to come. Thank you so much and thank you for your good question. Thank you. Appreciate many, many thanks to our listeners worldwide. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and stay tuned for more content coming your way very soon. Take care and see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.